Amazing discussion with Tom T. Moore about extraterrestrials. We're going to take your calls when we come back on Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Tom T. Moore with us. Again, his website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Let's talk a little bit about Atlantis and Lemuria, Tom, before we go to calls. Tell me about that situation. Okay. (laughs) Where do we start? Okay. Exactly. Where do we start? Okay. Atlantis, 30,000 years ago, there, there was a line of volcanoes that bisected the continent of Atlantis which was in the Atlantic Ocean. And they all exploded at the same time due to the pressure of the plates uh, going together. Tectonic and, plates, yeah. Uh, right. And um, the, uh, they exploded, and most of the continent disappeared at that, at that time. And the, the seas rose 100, over 160 feet, uh, drowning everyone, not only that lived on the continent of Atlantis, but all around the world when these huge tsunamis tsunamis came uh, crashing in and uh, wiped out every single village, town, and city all around the world. Now, that was the first really big dis- destruction. Then 12,500 years ago, that's when... The uh, Poseidons and the Aarons started warring, and the Aarons uh, did a uh, Pearl Harbor-type sneak attack and used these laser weapons, and uh, a million and a half people died the very first day of the war, but eventually all the islands sank. So that was the... Uh, and that, that happened 12,500 years, years ago, and that was also when the story of Noah came into being because that actually happened. Then uh, the Lemurians, uh, uh, 7,500 years ago, uh, decided to bomb each other and with these huge bombs and destroyed their uh, continent. How close did Plato have it? Well, Plato actually had access to some documents or these, uh, what do you call them, uh, script things, I'm calling them the wrong thing, um, that his grandfather got from Egypt. His grandfather had traveled to Egypt and had bought these uh, uh, documents, and they're actually in a basement still somewhere in Athens. Oh, really? Boy, they'd be worth a fortune today, huh? Wouldn't they? And um, uh, so that's, that's where his story came about. People keep saying, oh, that was, uh, you know, he was alluding to the politics of the time, but, but it wasn't. He was, he was really talking about what he had read in these old parchments. You've got a weekly newsletter that you publish with conversations from your E.T. friend, don't you? Yes, and, and others, my guardian angel and all. It's free. It's my gift to the world. Don't charge for it. You can go to my website at that www.thegeneralwaybook.com, and on the first page you can sign up for for the newsletter. And how often are you chatting with them? I try and do it a couple of sessions a week. 
they're typically an hour and a half to two hours. I can't go more than about two hours because I lose my concentration. Interesting. Okay, let's go to the phones. Uh, this hour is going to blow by real quickly. First-time caller, Drew in Omaha, Nebraska with us. Hi, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good to have you with us. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, just staying up a little bit later and listening to the radio. So, um, It doesn't get any better, Lou, Drew, does it? No, not at all. Uh yeah, I got a question. So have you ever been on, like, a UFO or spaceship, I guess? Tommy, have you? I have not, no. Not yet, anyway. But you will be when not you do this documentary, right? Yes. Exactly. Are you, you looking forward to that? I am. It's it's uh, been promised for a long time. And, um, uh, you know, as we got closer and closer, I kept asking questions, well, has Timeline 8 been on the ship yet? Well, has Timeline 7 been on the time, on the ship yet? And that's, that's uh, Timeline 7 was on last year in, in 22, uh, I think somewhere around May. Have you ever asked them about their propulsion system, how they travel? Yes, they, they call it portal hopping. And, um, they're, they're like uh, bending space and time, aren't they? Yeah, and and there there are these energetic pathways between planets and also even between galaxies. So when they portal hop, they can't go from one end of the galaxy, um, pardon me, one end of the universe to the other. They have to do what's called portal hopping, where they'll go from one galaxy to the next to the next. Next up, speaking of next, Mayat's in New York City. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mayat. Good morning, gentlemen. How fascinating. I had just picked up, and I had some comment and a three-parter, and Tom, I'll listen over the air. But I just picked up a book that I lucked on, and Amazon can be brilliant in that, and it's called The Extraterrestrial Species Almanac. Uh, that's done and by Craig Campobasso, a friend of ours. Absolutely, and when I got it, Tom, and I, you know how you read the back first, and somebody we know named George Norrie had the most excellent and pithy, he said, the go-to book on life in the universe. So the first part of my question is, are you familiar with it? And, George, please bring Craig on soon because he actually lays out a number of species. So my questions would be, um, are you familiar with the book? And if you are, are the illustrations, do you feel they are pretty accurate? And he, he gives such an excellent breakdown in terms of the um, – uh, the uh, universal origin, the physical, the belief systems, the cosmic agenda, uh, technology, consciousness, and dimensional abilities and capabilities. So uh, it, it's, it's just such a fascinating book that I have picked it up before I even knew you were coming on the program. My other comment is, is when you're talking about Atlantis, I had just read... The Book of Secret Wisdom, uh, the uh, prophetic record of human destiny and evolution by translated from the Senzar, S-E-N-Z-A-R, very, very, very ancient language by Zenovia 
Daskova, a Hungarian professor and scholar, and she had just described what happened to Atlantis vis-a-vis your comment and that knowledge without love is dead. So any comment on that? But you seem to, I surmise, that you have extraordinary psychic abilities. So if you have any tips for those of us who, you know, want to work on that and better intuition. And the last part would be what books and, and, and films do you recommend? I recently discovered Amazon Prime, which I haven't used, has loads of UFO and, you know, ET films. So as I get on board with that, your recommendations and suggestions are greatly appreciated. Thank you, George. Okay, you can take a few of those if you want, Tom. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm not familiar with that book. Um, uh, I can only go with the descriptions that Antura has given to me of of uh, a lot of the beings on board uh, his ship. And as I say, his ship is a Syrian ship. So as an example, the Pleiadian ship, which is not quite as large as his ship, according to what the Pleiadian told me, um, they, you know, they have a lot of different beings. I always thought that the first uh, people that we would meet that would be ETs would look like us uh, because there are Pleiadians that look just like us with exception maybe of pointed ears. And um, uh, so I was really shocked when I, when I first started talking to Antura, thinking that he was going to look like, uh, like us, and it turned out he was totally different. <laughs> and um, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I've, I've had to go on. And, and so it'll at least be a start for us uh, to show us that there are many different kinds of beings uh, out in the universe. And if there are that many types of beings in the Sirius B star system alone, can you, can you imagine what the rest of the universe will hold for us? Do you have any psychic abilities? Uh, not really. My, I ask questions, uh, and I'll, I'll receive predictions from when I ask questions. Because people from all over the world, I have thousands of readers, and, and I get these questions in, and I write them down on the notebook, and then in these meditative sessions, I ask these questions and, and receive answers. And I estimate that I'm in the 80 to 90% accuracy, uh, so meaning that 10 or 20% of the time I'm, I'm, not, I'm not correct. And it can be because of planetary positions. Um, maybe I'm exhausted from, from my day work uh, in the film business or whatever. But um, there are many reasons why you just don't always receive correctly. West of the Rockies, Daniel's with us, Sonoma County, California. Welcome, Daniel. Go ahead, sir. Hello, George, and hello, Tom. Hi. Uh, this is really quite exciting. Yes, um, I am actually uh, a reincarnated Egyptian scribe. Uh-huh. Uh, I know a lot about Atlantis because I went deeper into that and realized Egypt is from Atlantis. That's where they went. You probably know this after they uh, you know, crashed each other out. The Lemurians, Atlanteans. 
and Lemuria, uh, the last part of it that's left is Hawaii, of course. You probably know that Hawaii is the tip of Lemuria. But anyway, moving on, my question for you is, did you know about the healing machines they had in Atlantis that you would just stand in front of and it would clear your auras and heal you instantly? Have you heard of that? Sure, I have. Now, how they did it, I don't know, but I have heard about that. And, by the way, on, on the Egyptian side, um, I, I was inspired to create the gentle way uh, back 12,700 years ago on a life on Poseidia, and I had a million followers. But because uh, uh, the, there was so much war starting to go on, I and 25,000 of my followers uh, migrated to Egypt, and an Egyptian princess helped us settle, and that Egyptian princess is my wife today, and her next life will be as a man back about 12,500 years ago, and he'll be a great leader for his people, and I will be his assistant, which is a past life for me. It's very complicated. Interesting. Now, how do you get your recollection of past lives, Tom? Oh, I just ask about them. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's not like you dream about it, know about it? Uh, sure. I mean, you know, I write my dreams down every every morning, but um, I, I just found as I'm asking all these questions, things keep coming up about past lives, and and uh, because I've, I'm supposedly one of only 10 people on the world that have had over 1,000 uh, lives. I'm on my 1,005th. Jeez. Uh, Dalai, Dalai Lama is on his 1,100. Why do you keep uh, coming back, Tommy? Because they they tell me uh, I'm, I've got 300 more lives to go, and uh, all these people that are wanting to be leaders of countries want me to be with them to be their advisor. And so in other lives, I'm advisors to world leaders, but not this life. Holly in Santa Cruz, California. Hi, Holly. Go ahead. Hopefully you're not drowning there. (laughs) Almost. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you. I have, um, I have, I would love for uh, you to elaborate on soul contracts. I'm really interested in that. And uh, a couple of my questions is, does everyone have a soul contract? How do you do it? How do you know if you're messing it up? Like what? Okay. Everybody does have a soul contract. The way you stay on your soul contract, because we are, uh, we are veiled from, from knowing, and we're veiled because we're supposed to learn how to make uh, trillions of deci- uh, decisions a second like the Creator does. Uh, but that's a longer story. But anyway, uh, we uh, if you want to stay on your soul contract, you say, I request a most benevolent outcome. You say this out loud, uh, to stay on my soul contract. Thank you. And then you request benevolent outcomes every day, and it raises your vibrational level at the same time keeping you on your soul uh, contract so you don't go off on a different path that's not as good for your learning. Fascinating how that all works, Tom, isn't it? Yeah. We've got David east of the Rockies in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, David, let's get you in before the break. Go ahead. Okay. 
first of all, I have a couple questions here about the aliens, the different types of aliens in general, uh, and the possible uh, star systems. Now, the Palladians are, uh, as I understand, are more like human-like. Is that correct? Some are. Okay, keep in mind there are thousands of planets in the Pleiades. Yeah. So they have they have a variety of uh, of different looking people or beings uh, on those planets. And it interests me, like uh, the Orions that the Egyptians are normally uh, associated with. Uh, are they? Did they were like tall? Do they have green skin or what? The Pleiadians? No, or the Orions. Well, oh. the Egyptians were associated with. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's not a question I I can answer. In Craig Capabasso's book, he talks about greys, reptilians, hybrids, and Nordiques. Are there others, Tom? Yeah. You know, it, most are are beyond our our beliefs. I mean, there are, there are beings that look like they're they're just attached to the ground, but they're intelligent beings. So, how do you classify them? Your contact contacts you telepathy wise. How often? Well, when I do these meditative sessions, they don't they don't interfere with my normal life. Ah, uh-uh. if you don't do the session, you don't communicate. Right. Interesting take on that. Tell us one more time about the newsletter. We're going to take a break and come back and take final calls. But you have a free newsletter for people. Yes. Go to www.thegentlewaybook.com, and on the front page you can sign up for a newsletter, and you can also go to Articles and News, where all of my newsletters are archived since 2007. It's fantastic. And uh, this documentary that you plan to do aboard a mothership will be done when? I don't know. Uh, I've been told that we're, I'm going to get this invitation so that we'll know and that, that I will uh, have to uh, assemble my family at my house and they're going to beam down from the scout ship to my back door and knock on the door, back door the four, the four teaming members of this grassroots uh, contact team to introduce themselves. And you'll let us know when it's ready to be viewed? Uh, my daughter and I will have to prepare what's called a pitch deck in, in the film industry. And that's something that we will be showing to potential people like the, like like Netflix and stuff like that. We're going to come back, Tom, and take final calls next. Next hour, William Peters joins us at Heaven's Door as we talk about the shared death experiences. So make sure you're part of the program. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Tom T. Moore, our final segment. Tom, what if they beam you aboard a craft and they keep you? Uh, excuse me. Uh, that isn't going to happen. They, uh, <laughs> it, it's all part of these soul contracts. That's all I, that's yeah. all I So you trust them? Discovered. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. It's Jeff in Santa Rosa, California. You're our next caller. Hey, Jeffrey, go ahead. Hey, George, good talking with you again. You too. Thank you. Uh, there was a couple of uh, Pleiad, Pleiadians that I spoke with that George interviewed um, 
months ago, maybe a year or so ago, a Vanguard and uh, apparently a mission volunteer out of Oslo, Norway. And I asked them about Androids and uh, their weapon systems. I explained a little bit how they lock in place and they have this laser fire. They said they weren't in charge of them. Um, there is a vast army of Androids, at least through the United States, and I'm assuming also globally, that use these weapon systems to record information, uh, to invade other people's body, and to um, th that can actually kill. I, since then, I found out that the Greys are the ones that are in charge of the frontline androids and the mission volunteers when the mission volunteers call in for a great offense. And that the mission volunteers, at least the one I am familiar with, uh, also has the same weapon systems. But the body locks a little differently in order to get the, the, the deployment of the fire. I would like to know. Uh, I should add also that the mission volunteers insert. They don't reincarnate. Neither do any of the Pleiades. They insert. And they are, this mission volunteer is breeding, has bred with a real person and re-engineered the DNA to get another body container for another mission volunteer to come into that is also weaponized. And I would like to get your take on what you know about the androids and the android army that's on Earth, please. Interesting. Okay. Tom, go ahead. That's just not the, the information that I'm receiving, okay? That's not, uh, that would be against the Earth Directive. And um, uh, the, the Zetas took advantage of a hole in the Earth Directive when they were abducting people uh, to see if their DNA would match enough to create hybrids. Um, but uh, it, took, it took the Federation of Planets a little while when you've got 20,000 planets that I guess have to approve uh, a, uh, an amendment, but they did, and they no longer can abduct uh, people. But that's the only... I, I just don't find any information about androids. That would be against the Earth Directive. Sorry. Interesting take. Could he be misled, do you think, Tom? Um, well, gently I would say probably. But, uh, All right, I get it. I get it. Next up, let's go to Elisa in Oregon. Welcome to the program. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Tom. Hi, George. Hi. Furthermore, I'm on hold and listen. I have more questions I have. Great. <laughs> so I narrowed it down to two. The first question is... Um, you were saying about about pets reincarnating, staying in the pet species. Mm -hmm. There was a guest that George had on a while back who claimed he was a horse in the past life, but he was a human in this life. Are you familiar with that? Well, I am. On uh, Before your first life on Earth, you can have one life as an animal. In my case, I chose a panther in a jungle because my first life was going to be in a jungle. But I've been told that a lot of people choose horses, um, and I said, "Well, are any of did, are any of them race horses?" And I was told if they if they do race, they're generally like fifth or sixth back. They they don't win the race. Why not? <laughs> That's you know they're just there to experience Earth and get their feet wet uh, with this 
these four negative energies, and and so that's they're they're doing it an easy way with horses. And what's your other question, Lise? Go ahead. My other question is um, these uh, these Pleiadian ships and whatnot. Are they actually outside of time, and does that tie into the Mandela effect and the twelve different Earths? And I think we're cutting out. Are they outside of it? Are they like time traveling machines, Tom? They can travel in time, yes. Okay. Um, but the Mandela effect is something completely different because we're rewriting our past, present, and future all the time. And uh, which is why I have I have a prayer that I say each uh, each morning. Uh, I ask let's see. I ask any and all beings to aid, comfort, and assist. Uh, uh, people that have harmed either physically, mentally, morally, spiritually, or emotionally in any past, present, or future life. And I see need all beings to come to the aid and comfort of the families and friends of anyone that I've ever harmed in any way in any past, present, or future life. And supposedly that helps rewrite the past and future because you are uh, in, in some ways hurting other people, whether it be physically or or some other way in all your lives. So I, I have that little prayer, and it's on my website. At uh, You look under signs at, at my website. All right, let's go to Joshua in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey, Josh, go ahead. Hey, how we doing? Uh, great topic. I have a question and uh, a comment. My uh, comment is uh, I almost feel like we are the most attractive things in the universe and maybe the reason why gods and the Nephilim come and, uh, you know, take our women. And uh, my question is, and I'll, I'll listen off air, my question is the term old soul, new soul, is there any validity to that? And how are new souls made? If population keeps growing, where are these souls coming from? And if you're a new soul, how are you choosing to be here if you've never been here before? And if population just keeps going bigger and bigger, where are these souls coming from? There's an old Hebrew saying, Tom, of the guff, where souls are kept like a depository. What do you think? Okay. Um, first of all, uh, we are fragments of souls. And as an example, um, it, uh, there are soul clusters where there are six to twelve fragments of of a soul having lives on Earth, and um, uh, while our souls are also having five hundred thousand to a million lives all across the universe for their learning, and and there's a reason for that, but it's too long to get into. So, so we're we're these soul fragments, and on average, a, a soul fragment will have 600 to 800 lives on Earth. And at this time period, because there are so many people on Earth, 8 billion, we're actually having um, uh, overlapping lives. So as an example, in the 20th century, I know I've had at least five or six um, overlapping lives going on at the same time, and that's probably the way it is for most people that that we we have these lives because 
they need they need to fill the bodies, I guess. Next up, we've got Jesse in Durango, Colorado. Hey, Jess, go ahead. Hi, how are you? We're oh, good. You and Tom doing good. Oh, all good, thanks. Um, I wanted to find out if uh, Tom has had any or seen. The, well, the History Channel had a deal on Atlantis or a continent coming back up off of the base uh, twice in the last 40 years is the only time I've been able to catch it. But the uh, continent is slowly rising up, and it's, they had sent uh, a diver, the small unmanned dive unit down to see uh, what was going on and found uh, structures and craft and whatnot and wondered if he had heard anything about that or if the combination of the two with that as well as it coming up because it's like 800 plus thousand Yes, miles that's coming up. But, right, but the uh, you know the continent itself broke up uh, completely, except for like the Canary Islands and uh, the Bahamas and uh, and Bermuda. Uh, it it broke completely apart. So I mean, it was in, it's in pieces. So I don't see that continent ever rising again. That's that's maybe a nice story, but I. I just don't think that's going to happen. All right. Let's take a few more calls here as we still have a little bit of time left. Let's go next to Stephen in Greenwater, Washington. Stephen, go ahead, sir. Hi, guys. Hey, Stephen. I'm curious. I want to ask your guest about Bigfoot, if he knows anything about Bigfoot, and if so, uh, any of the other cryptids connected to missing hunters and campers and hikers, and they're not friendly. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, and you could go on my website to that Articles and News page, and you type in Bigfoot or type in uh, Sasquatch, and, and and you'll find I've I've asked a lot of questions. It uh, I understand that they're able to shift dimensions, and which is why. We don't see them very often. They're they're pretty shy um, uh, beings, and um, and they're they're just able to shift away and and not be where we can we can see them very often. So I don't know a lot about them, but I have. If you go there, I have asked some questions, but I've I've asked so many questions over a time period. I don't remember. That's another book by itself, Tom, isn't it? Yeah. Questions I've asked. Melissa in Middletown, Connecticut. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much. I literally sit after work. I work overnight, and I sit in my car to listen to you. Well, thank you. Don't fall asleep. No, no. No, it's too late to fall asleep at this point. But I am so interested this whole subject i have so many questions and i think it all leads down to to one basic thing you were talking about that you understand your wife is going to be someone else in another life and as will you so 
it leads me to believe this whole continuous time, everything happens all at once. But yet, how can we go back to visit, let's say, past loved ones that we have left in the past and still lead a future life while choosing our souls when, from my understanding, we can go to any planet or anywhere we want. So how does that all connect into one soul? Okay. Like one our, our souls volunteered for the Earth experiment. So our soul fragments are having these 600 to 800 lives on Earth. And, and you can go, uh, you can have these lives, uh, go, you can go back to the past and have one, um, or you can go uh, forward. My next life on Earth will be in the 3400 era where I'm going to be a female space pilot. But after that, I'm going to go back to 2600 era uh, to prepare people uh, for, for interplanetary travel and then back to the 3400 era for another life there. But then even after that, I go back and I'm going to have some lives back in the 20th century where I'm going to be an advisor to uh, uh, to a couple of religious leaders. So, Tom, are you prepared for just about anything with these ETs? Well, I'm trying to. <laughs> that's that, that's all you all you can do is just say, "Hey, uh, I know I'm going to be uh, godsmacked." I guess would be the word um, in uh, in seeing this, but. But I've got a job to do, and that's that's my sole contract, so I'm going to do it the best I can. Do you think your life has been leading up to this point? Oh, yeah. And as I was told back in November, December, well, Tom, uh, uh, you know, 2023 is here, and now the real work begins. When you were a little boy, did you have any of these episodes with ETs? None at all. I don't remember if I did. But you sure have them now. Yeah. And again, this new this newsletter is basically a conversation with the ET, isn't it? Well, not only Antura, but I also uh, ask questions each week of Gaia, the soul of the Earth. I ask all the Earth questions like uh, in this past uh, newsletter that's just going out now. I asked for an update on Yellowstone. Uh, it's still a 73% probability that it, the volcano is going to explode. And on the uh, West Coast uh, earthquakes, it's still sitting at 63%. It's been that way for about a year. It'll happen indeed. Tom, thanks. Keep in touch. Let us know about that documentary aboard the uh, mothership, okay? Will do. Up next, William Peters joins us. We're going to be talking about shared death experiences. His work is called At Heaven's Door.